let's dive right into things by talking to a real live member of the Benedictine Order, as we have Brother Michael Taffy with us from Assumption Abbey in Richardson, North Dakota. Brother Michael, welcome to Real Presence Live. Thank you, Father Gross. Good morning. It is great to have you with us, and I have a real personal affinity with your community since there are some connections. Your dear brother, Brother Placid Gross, That's is a distant right. relative I of mine. I wondered if he was, yeah, well, most everyone in North Dakota is at least a distant relative of his. Well, yes, indeed. It's a far wide-reaching uh, family tree there. And also, um, your former abbot, uh, Father Brian abbot Wengler, Brian. Yeah. was a uh, cousin of my mom's, the uh, first cousin of my okay. mom's, so okay. from that uh, fertile vocation ground of Napoleon and Logan County, so uh, I also had numerous relatives uh, of my parents' age, who uh, a gentleman who attended high school uh, there back in the uh, oh, 40s sure. and 50s and sure, 60s. Sure. So, um, well, let's hear a little bit about you, first of all. Can you give us a little bit of background in terms of um, how long you've been with the community and, and how it was that you decided to follow this vocation? Sure, exactly. Well, I've been here about 20 years right now, um, and... What And I guess some of the language is things that I learned after I got here. In many ways, um, like all of us, we have that God-sized hole. And what fills that? You know, are it, is it your spouse? Is it your children? Is it something else? And I was getting my Ph.D., and as I was getting closer, that hole was getting bigger, and God was sending me to, to some places and just giving me the opportunity to think about well, how did I want to live my life? How, what, what did he create me for? Um, and that's how I ended up here at Assumption Abbey. Okay. And uh, you said it's been about uh, 20 years or so exactly. since you, you first had joined. Um, exactly. Tell us a little bit about the typical day, like a, a day in the life of a member of your abbey who is in residence there. We know that there are a number of uh, guys who are uh, working in um, various assignments outside exactly. of the abbey. But yes. uh, for those of you, for those of you who are there, um, there's really, I think, a priority with the Benedictine spirituality to the stability of the rhythm of each day. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure, exactly. And part of it is within the one of our mottos is "Ora et Labora." which is prayer and work. And so Benedict really has, his ideal was to have a very balanced life. Um, I mean, I wish I could sit and pray on my knees for 10 hours a day in a row, um, but I can't do that yet. I'm working on it. So <laughs> Benedict knows that we need to have times of prayer, and then we also need to have times of work and times of service and interacting with others, and also to have a time of leisure. Mm -hmm. So our, the first thing that we do in the morning is pray. You know, and that could, again, as I tell people, that's not just monks, everyone. That should be the first thing that they do. Um, just a quick aside, I was at a conference, and the person, the gentleman who was speaking said, well, what's the first thing that you do in the morning? You get on the phone and the Internet, and you see what's happening in the world. And it was like, well, no, that's not what we do. But the first <laughs> thing that we do is that we pray. And again, our prayer life is centered upon the Psalms. So we gather four times a day for the Divine Office, and then another time, one time for Mass every day. So our first prayer is at 620. We have breakfast, and this is all inside our breakfast in silence, and we have time for what we call Lectio Divina, which is a slow, prayerful pondering and prayer of the Gospels, of some spiritual reading, something to 
to bring us closer to that encounter with Christ, but also to be able to listen to Christ and say, and, and as he may, is speaking to us and saying, this is how you can serve me. Mm-hmm. Um, so at 8 o'clock, then we work, whatever that might be, um, to, to keep our place going and, and earn money and things. Um, at 11.30, we have what's called noon prayer. So we take, really, our prayer is um, interrupted by work throughout the day. So at 11.40, we have noon prayer, followed by lunch, which is speaking. And then from 1 to 4.30, we work again. At 5 o'clock, we have Mass, and that's followed by supper. Um, during the, not in the summer, but otherwise we have reading at supper. Um, and then we have what's called recreation time, and that's really our family time. Like, I mean, one of the problems with families now is everyone's so busy, no one has time to kind of just sit around and visit without other distractions. So in our schedule, I mean, for centuries, we have this time built where we get together as community. That's followed by Vespers, which is Latin for evening, um, that, our evening prayer. Um, we have another half hour for Lexio, and then at 8.10, we have Compline, and that's kind of the closing of the day, our final prayer. And then following that, we have kind of a, a period for about an hour of sort of silence. You can look at the news or whatever, but then at 10 o'clock is our grand silence, where we make sure all the um, computers or TVs or whatever are all turned off at that point. And again, part of that, having our the idea of, of a fair amount of silence in our life is, again, the ultimate reason is so that we're able to hear Jesus more clearly in terms of what he might be asking us to do. Indeed, and as you had said, that's something that's important for all of us, whether one lives as a consecrated religious or otherwise. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, we do have oblates, which are people, lay people, who try to live the rule of Benedict as their life permits with their families and whatnot, but in integrating that prayer time, that quiet, that silence time, and also that family community time that's so important. Mm-hmm. Now, with the Benedictines in the United States, I guess I'm, I am aware of the fact that there are a couple of arch abbeys, uh, right. that there's one in uh, Latrobe, Pennsylvania, and one in mm-hmm. southern Indiana, St. Minerid. Right. Which one right. of those is your congregation affiliated with? We are, well, we're kind of a weird situation in that we started off with um, the Swiss American, which is the St. Minred Archabbey. That's where our founder, Bishop Worley, came. Well, um, he came out as Vincent Worley and yes. Abbot Worley and Bishop Worley. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so he was from that community. And then when he built this abbey, and then in the 20s when we had to go bankrupt, um, we were helped back by the American Cassinese Congregation, which is um, centered in Latrobe, Pennsylvania. Okay, so So yes. we, in a weird way, we have our feet in both camps. Mm-hmm. And your, uh, your, um, uh, your, your history in terms of that location in Richerton goes back uh, over a century already. Exactly. Um, with, exactly. Uh, you know, that, that prominent uh, twin-spired uh, parish church right off of Interstate 94. You guys are just uh, 
80 miles to the west of uh, the Bismarck Mandan area and exactly. uh, we, we should also mention the uh, the women uh, religious order that's just a couple of miles down the road from you there at Assumption Avenue. Right, too. that's Sacred Heart Monastery. So there are three Benedictine communities. There are cell, ourselves and then the two women's communities, Annunciation in Bismarck and Sacred right. Heart Monastery in Richardson. All, all part of that uh, that rich fabric of the Benedictine presence. Right, that's been, and we're uh, also Benedictines are kind of unique, and I mean, we kind of say we're the first religious order, but each monastery is kind of an order within itself. We're part of a congregation, but mm-hmm. we're basically independent. I mean, we okay. follow our customary in the Vatican and and everything like that, but we are independent as opposed to say some of the Franciscan or Jesuit or Dominican orders that they have more of a province. So, but each monastery is kind of an order within itself. Right. And for those who are just tuning in here to Real Presence Live, Father James Gross uh, hosting here today, and we have Brother Michael Taffy with us from the um, Art, uh, from the Assumption Abbey, uh, the Benedictine uh, group in w- Richerton, North Dakota. Also, as we're looking ahead later in the hour, we will be having our straight talk uh, section our straight talk segment, I should say, and the number to call is 877-795-0122 for any questions that you may have for that segment, as well as uh, leaving on social media any particular questions that you have uh, for me to answer today. Um, in addition to the work that you do there in Richerton, there is a community that is, I guess you might call it, affiliated with you down in South America. Could you tell right. us just a little bit about right. them? Right. Well, in 1960, um, our abbot met with the cardinal in Rochester, um, and Pope Paul VI wanted um, American communities to send 10% of their members down to South America. So we went down to South America to start a bilingual school that is still going. Um, And so we do have a community that is aligned with us that are Colombian monks now. The prior was just up here a couple weeks ago on Myself and Father Valerian will be going down at the end of August. Um, mm. But that community is thriving and just has a great impact on, on the country, really. I mean, some of the former alumni have been presidents and vice presidents and cabinet secretaries, et cetera, down there. So. All right. And uh, as we look at the, the nature and the... Uh, the, the characteristics of uh, Benedictine monasteries, one thinks particularly of the emphasis and the rule of St. Benedict uh, toward hospitality, that right. uh, all guests are to be received as Christ. And so uh, tell us a little bit about um, some of the traffic. I'm sure that with your um, proximity to Interstate 94, you're getting some summer visitors, maybe some people who have only been there for the very first time kind of dropping by, and and uh, there there's a whole ministry in, its, in and of itself. I would imagine, uh, for the people who come by and and visit you. Exactly. Well, many of the Benedictines in this country, um, we came out as as educators, either high schools or colleges for the men. Um, And so we, our schools, have been gone for 40 years now. Um, But one of the things that we really want to do, one of our, I think, our calling and our purpose that Christ gives us is to have a place of peace, have a place of quiet, have a place where you can leave your phones and iPads and things in your car, come into the church, have listen to God, feel the presence of God around you, walk on our grounds um, in the quiet, 
of that. And just, you know, with your family, have a conversation. So one of the things we want to do that we that's very important for us is to really make Assumption Abbey and our grounds a place of peace, um, a place for people to have the opportunity to connect or reconnect with God. Um, there's, as you know, there's so much going on in the world, um, social media and radios and, and all kinds of things, many of them very good. But we also, I think, really need the time to put that away, because otherwise we're not really going to be able to listen. Exactly. And uh, there are a lot of people who uh, take advantage of the uh, opportunities that you give for quiet Mm -hmm. and rest Mm -hmm. and reflection, Mm -hmm. particularly, I think, uh, many of the diocesan priests there in the Diocese of Bismarck who use your facility for retreats uh, throughout the year. Right. And uh, one last thing I want to mention. Go ahead, please. the, The deacons for the Bismarck Diocese also do their monthly formation here. Exactly, yes, the uh, uh, permanent deacons. Um, One more thing that I wanted to just bring up before we uh, have to let you go here. Uh, I noticed that there is a new member who became a novice there recently. Right, Uh, right. Can you tell us a little bit about him? You betcha, and we want to thank Fargo. Um, Stephen Johnson um, is a native of, well, wasn't born there, but grew up in Fargo, um, went to NDSU, did some good discernment. He was a candidate here for six months um, for him both to listen to Christ, is this how he's called, and um, for us to listen to God and say, is he called here? And so on Tuesday, he was admitted into the novitiate. So he'll be a novice for a year and a day. So, you know, all goes well. Next year today, he will be making first vows. And then all men who make those first vows for three years are in temporary vows, and then at that point, they make a solemn profession. So our brother Simeon from Minot made solemn profession uh, last month. Excellent. What what an encouraging thing to see in your community, and we are very privileged to be able to join with you in prayer uh, in the the work that you are doing. So, Brother Michael, thank you so much for being with us today, and we look forward to possibly visiting with you again sometime soon. Okay, Father Gross, thank you so much. Have a beautiful, blessed day. And the same to you. Thank you, Brother.